Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listeners, we've no Jimmy this week, he's out and about in Salmsbury taking in the sights and bumping into a former PE manager, but I am joined by George and Adam Salisbury. We'll discuss a good week for the club on the pitch and we've got a few listener questions too, so enjoy. George, first part of the season for you, are you, are you good mate? Yeah, all good. I'm surprised it's taken this long actually, I was surprised when you uh, told me that, but you can only apologise. No, it's not a problem, we're giving the fans what they want now. Well, we'll see. See. <laughs> Sally, good to have you back. Are you well? Yeah, very well indeed. Lovely to be back. Even more lovely to be in the presence of George. A bit of royalty around, so yeah. <laughs> you been on your uh, travels recently, or went up to Middlesbrough midweek. That's about <laughs> as far as I've been. Um, always a lovely place to go. Um, I like seeing that transporter bridge. It's always great when it's lit up as well. Always a pleasure going under the lights at the riverside. And yeah, I've described it as the Middlesbrough heist of late because uh, it was a bonkers win, really. We didn't look like doing anything for 75 minutes and uh, managed to managed to turn the game around remarkably. So yeah. that was a nice surprise. Yeah, well, I mean, we're probably the best place to start. Uh, you described it as the Borough heist. I, I called it a smash and grab, as I think many others did. We, we were just completely dominated for 75, 80 minutes. Like, they had more possession, more shots, more shots on target, off target, block shots, more corners. They had 11 to our four. We've had seven shots, two on target, two goals, won the game. Yeah, we normally talk about North End uh, not taking advantage of being on top in a game. And, you know, the Middlesbrough supporters must have been tearing their hair out. You can't afford to keep a team uh, in a match for uh, that long whilst being on top for that long. They were literally on top from ball one, from whistle one. Uh, and they only scored once. And usually um, you tend to regret it at this level. And that's what happened. We didn't look like doing anything like I said earlier, um, and then all of a sudden we get a corner, Ched Rising's highest great header, and then the gift us uh, another one to turn the game. So, yeah, they must have been turning the, uh, tearing their hair out of the borough supporters. Um, but no, I'm a really good bonus for us. Adam's uh, summed it up beautifully there. I'm really enjoying his headset that he's got on today again. I have missed that. Uh... <laughs> By the way, have you got a gold pen in your hands? Um, it is gold, actually. Yeah, it's a Christmas present from two Christmases ago. This uh, posh pen, just just no, nah, it's like a booklet, but it comes with a pen. So ah. thought I'd make use of it for once. Yeah, I was say, what, what was the very booklet? regal almost? What was, no, it's just like it's just empty paper, just to write on journal right. type thing. All right. But yeah, back to Middlesbrough. Couldn't quite believe it to be honest. Thought we were so terrible, and then to actually equalise and then win. Um, things like that that Saul Bamba did never usually happens to us we uh, you know you see it from other teams and you think why does that why do we never get chances like that so for once 
for it to be us was quite nice. And I'm not quite sure what he was thinking, but Reese stuck it away really well. Um, I don't think it was as simple as he made it look. Um, shows the confidence he's playing with. And it was football robbery, really. I couldn't quite believe it myself. And I think not Preston fans said they uh, didn't really argue with Chris Chris Wilder and what he said afterwards that it wasn't tactics or anything um, or, or us doing anything particularly special they just sort of tossed the game and we uh, stuck our two chances away well the header from Evans was brilliant Yeah you, you can see why he had to say what he did post-match for me it just felt like a bit of a, a last-ditch gamble chuck a few subs on and out for the best and it's paid off and some might argue it's kept Frankie in a job whether that's the case or not, only a handful of people will know that. But, you know, I think me and you were talking before, Solly, before George got on, um, that it's shows the level of the championship, doesn't it, when a team's sort of been on top as, as much as Borough were and they were only one nil ahead. Yeah, the league's relatively poor this year. Um, and it was, it was proved in that game. Like, we turned up and stuck the place out for... More than an hour. <laughs> uh, and Middlesbrough were bang on top, but they never really created a clear-cut chance that you'd expect them to put away. I know uh, Iverson's made a magical stop to tip the ball onto the bar and he's made a couple of other great saves, but they never really created that clear-cut chance where I thought, wow, we've we've really dodged a bullet there. Uh, and ultimately, you've got to do it. When, you, when you're 1-0 up, um, against against anyone in this league, they will make you pay, um, because it's happened that many times uh, in the past, and and it just happened again. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it certainly cheered me up. Anyway, I have to say, on Tuesday night, Tuesday and Wednesday were yeah quite stressful days um, for me with some stuff going on at home, misses in in and out of hospital and whatnot, but. Yeah, it uh, gave me something to smile about earlier in the week. Which yeah, a lot of supporters claim that that they didn't get that winning feeling, which is a little bit disappointing, really, because you know it's not been the easiest time recently, um, and you've got to enjoy the wins when they come. So, um, and there were none of that in the away, and that's for sure. It was a carnival atmosphere, more out of relief and a bit of shock, really. Not end up on the pitch this time. Not fancy that. <laughs> no, uh, as you know, the dimensions at Middlesbrough, it's, <laughs> it's quite tough to uh, encroach a playing area, quite high up. But uh, no, I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the celebrations. Just going back to the f- the feeling that fans had post match, where they they never really felt like celebrating a win, or they they didn't get that usual winning feeling. I think that just shows where we're at as a club at the minute to be honest, in terms of like the divide between the club and the fans and the team and the fans as well. Yeah, it's really sad that. I mean, if you've if we've gone to Middlesbrough, you know, a big club still and turned it around on a Tuesday night like that and fans can't enjoy it, that is that's pretty uh, upsetting, to be honest. I think when Evans scored, it was more surprise for me than, than sort of feeling, oh no, we've scored. I'll never feel like that. Um, and then when Reece scored and we won, you know, that's brilliant. I mean, regardless of how you feel with the manager, surely you're going to be happy when your team comes from behind away from home and wins 2-1 like that. Um, so, yeah, just a, sh- a shame, really. I don't know if people genuinely feel that way or or whatnot, but um, I if, if, 
If you're against the manager so much that you can't enjoy a win, that's a pretty bad place. Yeah. Well, it's remarkable, really, isn't it? It's um, well, you'd you'd have to question whether you'd, whether they've got the good of the club at the in their sort of hearts, really. It's not want your your team and your club to win as an entity before you even like come into consideration the players or the head coach or or the advisor to the owner or even the owner. That's yeah, like you said, it's sad. I think you can you can want change at a club, yeah. Uh, in terms of people that are in decision making positions, and you know I include the head coach in that. But you know when it comes to a Saturday or a midweek night, support the boys. You know they're 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 not the ones that are making the decisions about tactics, formations, incomings, outgoings, whatever. That they're just paid to go out and do a job and you know they've been quite heavily criticised and rightly so at times this season for poor performances but you know they, they deserve the support of the, the fan base Absolutely, the thing is I mean we've criticised the head coach a lot on here but nobody would love it more uh, if he turned it around than me and I'd like to think I'll speak for the rest of you boys because you know, we want we want the best for Preston North End, and if if McAvoy is the man to change our fortunes and really turn it around, I'd be absolutely made up for the block. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I've I've spoken to Frankie a couple of times and said to him that things that are said on here is nothing personal, and I'll reiterate that now. It is it is nothing personal. I don't know Frankie personally, so I'm not in a position to go after him personally. Um, I can criticise him for what I see, and we've done that. Um, but you know, if he if he's to turn it around and like you say, sorry, if he's the man to do that and lead us to the playoffs, maybe or a top ten finish, then fair play. No, it was a funny one. We went to uh, Middlesbrough with Alex Neil. I think it was his penultimate game in charge, and everything went against him that night. Like Brown sent off, um, Story kicked it. In his, story he got sent off. Yeah, Story kicked it in his own net, hit the bar. We actually and played. Yeah, and it felt like the same, you know, when until we scored the goals because we were so terrible. And you, you felt like, where is this going? Surely something's going to maybe change after this. And then, lo and behold, Frankie gets the result and then backs it up with a really good second half against Fulham and point that we would have all taken. So, fair play. Four points from from last two games. and Massive results for him. Yeah, it's not a bad, a bad trait to have to pull something out of the bag when... You're pretty desperate. I mean, if that game had just sauntered into a one-nil defeat or or a two-nil defeat, I'd I'd have been surprised if he kept his job on the back of that. I know people claim he's sort of invincible, uh, but I think it's more tongue-in-cheek. I think I can't imagine Risdale in the stand watching that thinking he's the man to take us forward. But every credit, he, you know, he's got that trait, hasn't he? Where all of a sudden he manages to pull something out of his magic bag. Every credit. <laughs> Frankie's magic bag. I think that could be a pod name, you know. <laughs> Just on that, like before we come on to the Fulham game, there's Sheffield United away, Emil Reese last minute, Stoke at home, Dan Iverson's kept us in it. They're just two off the top of my head, not including Borough, obviously, where you know Ched's come off the bench, first second half substitute this season to score a goal for us after coming on. Come off the bench, scored a bullet header, and then an absolute yes. howler from Sol Bamba to 
gifted to where he did in the box and it's a great finish from Emil shifting it onto his left foot and just absolutely leathering it into the back of the net don't want to take anything away from Frankie too much but can you look at that sort of last 10 minutes and say that that's the manager sort of changing the game from a tactical point of view or do you think it's more just like a hit and hope kind of thing chuck a couple of subs on hope for the best change the shape see what comes of it and, and it's paid off so be fair to McAvoy, I think he always knew the impact Evans would have on this team. We saw it. We saw it last year. Like Evans is really important to us. He's really good back to goal, which you always need, really, at this level. You know, he can mix it with defenders. Um, and what was important? I know he scored. I know we went two a two one up. I wouldn't say that was anything to do with tactics because you know it was just a freak moment, really. That that might be a bit harsh. You know, he might he might be listening to this now and thinking. Well, you know, I've put Evans on, he's scored, and and we've gone on to win the game. What Evans did really well when we went 2-1 up, uh, uh, he looked after the ball really well. He killed time. He was able to harry their defenders. They weren't able to recycle the ball as well. That's that's just experience that you need at this level. Um, and it was important. You know, he, uh, he managed to uh, be in the corner, looking after the ball, killing time in the game. So... I don't think the result was affected by tactics. I think Evans has come on and and just done what Evans does, essentially, which is a really good job for the team, whether you like him or not. I think whether you like him or not, I don't think there's any denying that his profile as a player is something that we've badly missed when he's not been involved. So ultimately, we're a better team with with Chad Evans in, in our 11. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I don't think... Many people will argue with that after his uh, two cameos off the bench in the last two games. Fulham yesterday, or Saturday, if people are listening, as people will be listening to this on Monday, it was just another largely boring first half, if we're being honest. There was a few individual brilliant moments from Emil Reese that gave us something to sort of... Gave us a bit of hope, I think, more than anything at half-time, that, do you know what, if we can put a decent performance together we could nick something from this because, let's be honest, Fulham weren't great. No, the first 25 minutes was really weird. It was so flat inside the ground. Um, you know, People have commented on the attendance. and Just on the it attendance. Up. It's uh, officially reported as just over 9,800, but I'm reliably informed that it was actually the, the attendance in terms of bums on seats is just over 7,200. I Dread to think mm. how low that is compared to previous seasons and low attendances because I don't remember seeing Deepdale that empty for a long, long time. Yeah, that's not good. Always judge it off the town end. You know, it's the town end. If other ones are a bit empty, then the town end tends to be near on full, but it wasn't. Um, it's was pretty, I'd say, three quarters, if that. Um, so that's not good. But try not to be too negative because I thought it was a lot of good stuff from yesterday. Not really in the first half. We, like Reese was the only real person you you saw getting us back into the game. There wasn't much else happening. Fulham didn't have to be great great to go ahead. Uh, another poor goal to concede. Uh, set piece, so, isn't it? Terrible from Joshua Hill in the initial bit to give the free kick away, really, and then poorly defended. But the second half was, I think I said it afterwards, it was so much that we want to see every, um, every time Preston go out and play. Uh, if you're not quality if you're not moving the ball brilliantly at least make it horrible and scrap for everything and 
you know, go off the pitch knowing you've left everything out there. And they did that. And I think Alex Neal said it for Sky Sports. He just he just could feel the goal coming for us. And I think that's a feeling we've not had much or certainly not enough this season where you're watching North End really believing they're going to get that goal and get back into a game. And But yesterday I had it for the first time in quite a while and wasn't a surprise for me when Evans, you know, bundled it home with his shoulder. The first half, obviously the first 20 minutes were horrendous, turgid, horrible stuff. You know, I rarely sort of feel cold, but I don't think I've ever been as cold in a football match. And I think that just sort of reflected what we were watching on the pitch. It was, it just looked like, obviously we, we were back against the wall. We were inviting pressure. The goal to concede is horrendous. We need, we need to cut that out, you know. Uh, I wrote in my piece that it's a red flag of the management team that we're conceding goals at um, set pieces, and it really is. If uh, if if McAvoy is the man, he's got to have to cut that out relatively sharpish. Yeah, I think uh, but, I think that's four goals conceded from set pieces in the last three games now, and yeah, that's unforgivable. Earlier points in the season, and that never really seemed to be an issue for us, and it's something that seems to have come come to light recently, which is yeah. odd. It's really poor. We've just got men lose. We've got our lads losing men at corners. I think it was Andrew uh, at corners and another dead balls. You know, you've got Andrew Hughes losing his man at Middlesbrough. And again, yesterday, like George said, it's a ridiculous foul from Earl to give away because, you know, you just put your foot through it in that situation. Uh, but I felt as the first half went on, I thought we grew into the game. There were There was reason to be optimistic at the interval, I thought potentially joke at the time, but I thought, you know, uh, Alan Brown got, got on the ball more, he looked more busy. Um, and, I thought, I thought Brown was one of the better performers yesterday. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, really good again. You know, um, on that space, he's on, uh, on Twitter after the Middlesbrough game was eye-opening, really. You know, people just have, I've got a problem with Alan Brown, seemingly. I know he went on Twitter after the game again, which... Which again, the fan base is rel- relatively divided on because. Do you have any problems with him doing that? Not at all. If if you, my uh, my opinion on the matter is, if you if you're willing to go online and essentially abuse a stranger, then you deserve some port- some sort of repost, don't you? Yeah, so hundred no, percent. I think if someone's going to go no on Twitter and call him a spineless cut and then tag him in a tweet later down the line in the same thread. Don't be surprised when he comes back and gives you a bit back. No. Um, or, or anyone on Twitter for that matter. Yeah. Uh, the People have come out and said that Alan Brown ought to be doing his talking on the pitch. I think Alan Brown is doing his talking on the pitch. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can argue with his recent performances. I think he's been, he's actually been a genuine captain. People come out and say, not my captain. I think they're joking really because I think he's been uh, really good of late. No, but I, no I agree. Uh, he was good toward, he was good yesterday. Uh, he carried it into the second half, which was great. And yeah, reason to be really pleased with the point yesterday. You could actually be a little bit disappointed that we didn't go on and get all three, but uh, we didn't create that many clear-cut chances. I was on with my, my father-in-law yesterday and he said at half-time, you know, we those sort of shoots of hope that we, we saw from Emil in the first half were reason to be optimistic and it did have that feeling like you say that we 
we could in that sort of sort of classic Preston way go out and just nick something against all, all the odds. A bit like we did at Bournemouth, really. Yeah. Um, I think uh, in years gone by, people talk about how um, how North End do well against the better teams. Uh, and especially in years gone by, we didn't see it yesterday in the first 20 minutes, but we did for the rest of the game. We um, we like to get into their, their heads. We like to get stuck in. You know, we like to be aggressive on the front foot. Um, uh, and that's why Fulham yesterday, high winds, really cold, long travel for an early kickoff. The last thing they wanted was us raring to go up for it, bang up for it, and um, uh, and getting really into their grill. You know, uh, uh, we did that after 20 minutes, uh, and it's great to see. Uh, and that's why we typically get results, because we're better with our back uh, against the wall as it is without the ball, counter-attacking, especially in years gone by. Yeah, I um, think that's, that's been a trait of us, hasn't it, yeah, for the last yeah. sort of four or five seasons <laughs> where, you know, we go into games unfancied, arguably as underdogs, and it's that it's that whole thing on Twitter, isn't it, that teams like Preston, that's where that's been sort of born from, is the fact that we are just such an unfancied side, but we just have a knack probably to opposition fans, a horrible knack of being able to just nick results when no one expects us to. Yeah, because, you know, we're smart without the ball, typically. Um, And the Bournemouth was a classic example of that. You know, we limited them to um, having to go out wide, weren't able to break us down, um, really. Um, And, you know, we've been doing it for years under Alex Neal before that. Um, You know, just picking teams off. Uh, and being able to manage the game, we we tend to be very good at that. We're hard to break down as it is, you know. Even even when we're playing the dreadful stuff of late, yeah, it's still been relatively difficult to break down. It's not as if it's teams coming and walking over us and scoring six, you know. So, I, th- I think the last game that that happened was the Bournemouth game. I know that was five, but I don't really remember too many other occasions Brentford. where uh, Brentford. Sorry, yeah, not Bournemouth. Yeah. I don't remember too many other occasions where we've been torn a new one by by a team. In fact, I think the last team to score five against us before Brentford was Brentford under Simon Grayson, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, my memory's not that great. But, yeah, I think, you know, on the whole, it's been a decent week for the club on the pitch. Four points from two games that I don't think many fancied us to get one from, to be honest. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to call for the head coach's head when you know we've won at Middlesbrough. I know it was the highest. I know we didn't deserve us. We didn't deserve anything, uh, but we got it. So you know you've got to you've got to hand the head coach um, an element of um, I think credit where it's due. You know, credit, it's, yeah. it's a results based business, isn't it? He's gone out and got two results. And, yeah, and you know, got... I, I think for me personally, change will come eventually this season. Oh, yeah, I think so, but. While the going's good, I think, you know, we've, like you said before, Solly, we've criticised Frankie a fair amount on here, but credit where it's due. And I think this week he, he deserves a, a virtual pat on the back, if you will. Yeah, especially when you're going 1-0 down in games as well. Especially at the top of the league yesterday. Not much atmosphere in the ground. You know, they've just looked to class apart for the first 20 minutes and to yeah. be able to come back like we did at Middlesbrough and obviously yesterday where we were 
relentless really in the second half, despite not not creating too much. Um, it was it was good to see. It was good to it was good for an offense to make you feel something yesterday. We'd, yeah, I think George, George nailed it, didn't he? Before where he said it's the first time in a long time at Deepdale where it's felt like you, you're almost optimistic. You feel like there's a goal coming. And, yeah. and it's been, I think, home or away, it's been a while since anyone can probably say they've felt that way about North End. Definitely, yeah. Um, do you read too much into the low attendance, given, you know, 12.30 kickoff, um, it was on Sky, Fulham of the opposition, they're travelling from down south at that time on a Saturday morning? Well, yeah, there's obviously the factors there, isn't there? The weather was appalling, cold, windy. <laughs> it was freezing, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> It basically rules out your elderly fan base because yeah. you can't blame them at all for not coming because you know the weather's just not right. It's just as simple as that. So, uh, really, the people who are going to turn out week in week out are usually your older folk, typically because they've not got a great deal other things going on in their lives. Might be a bit offensive that, but <laughs> I don't think you've got to worry about upsetting too many listeners on that front. <laughs> No, yeah, we call at Sky Sports is easy. You know, you look outside and wind and cold, and you think, well, I may as well just watch Alex Neal and call on Sky. I can't blame uh, anyone for doing that, especially given the opposition as well. You know, yeah. I think they've averaged the like top of the three league goals a game, top of the it's, league. Exactly, they've been relentless of late. Uh, they've hammered Blackburn, who aren't a bad side at all. Yeah, uh, recently, um, uh, and obviously you factor in the fact that North End have been cheering out some pretty dreadful displays and you think, why on earth would I fancy that? But and the ones who did turn out got the reward yesterday for sticking it out um, and they, they sort of had had an enjoyable afternoon, I like to think. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I think, you know, we talk about the Borough game and how we only had seven shots. They had like more than double or at least double. We've come up against top of the league yesterday. We've, we've had just under 50% more shots than them, 15 total shots. We've had twice the amount of shots on target. And, you know, to limit a side like Fulham to two shots on target is, again, people might be surprised, but, you know, it's credit to the way Frankie set the lads up and the way that they've carried out the the game plan, whatever that was. Um, Because to keep an attack of Harry Wilson and Mitrovic and... Uh, Fabio Carvalho and then decode over Reed off the bench and knock out off the bench. It's it's good going, you know. Every credit. Yeah, look, that's a star from the championship lineup. Mitrovic has got more than twenty goals already. We're in November. I mean, this is ridiculous. That's clinical. We've never really seen the like in the championship before of that. It's remarkable. Um, so, you know, uh, I think we had uh, ten attempts in the second half yesterday, uh, and we restricted them to two. And the scoreline was level for the best part of 20 minutes, more than 20 minutes, I guess, top of the league. That's that's outstanding going. You know, the the game was only heading one way uh, after the leveller. So um, people may come out and say that, that they were the better team in the first half and they'd be right. But the first half was a half of two halves because we grew into it towards the latter uh, end of that. Um and obviously, it was one-way traffic in the second half. So we were full value for a point. And like I said earlier, you could be a little bit dis- disappointed that we didn't get all three. But nobody's going to be 
are complaining about that because uh, of the magnitude of the point. No, yeah, absolutely. What was the feeling like post match, George? What among the players and yeah, everything. Yeah, I think they, I think they will have left the pitch really proud of their efforts. Um, you know, I think players at the moment maybe the pennies drop that they are the only ones that can turn this feeling around among the fans and um, there's no point really sort of fighting against each other and I think you saw that in the in the game yesterday you know the crowd was flat um, went in at half time behind and maybe they just thought right we need we need to go and take this to Fulham and, and get this place you know some atmosphere back again and they did that you know I think I saw Alan Brown briefly seems to you know, be pretty happy afterwards. Liam Lindsay was uh, pleased with how he played, and rightly so. He was he was very solid yesterday. I think it's a result that will do the dressing room the world of good. Yeah, I think everybody sort of um, hid behind the sofas yesterday when the teams came out. Mitrovic was fit, and then like, all of a sudden we've got Liam Lindsay at the back. But it deserves an immense amount of credit, really. You know, like I said earlier. But a bloke was clinical in the championship. He was snuffed out all day, really. Uh, Liam Lindsay had a terrific game, uh, and he deserves great credit. Yeah, I think there was only Mitrovic that won more aerial duels than Liam Lindsay yesterday. Um, you know, Lindsay won more than everyone else on both sides, barring Mitrovic. So, you know, not just aerially, but overall, good performance from him. Um, much to the delight of my Scottish assistant manager, who is a big fan of Liam Lindsay. But yeah, I think what last point before we go for a break, what was your take on the Anthony Robinson challenge on Tom Barkhazen? Red? Yellow? Yellow, definitely, I think. But the one after, the foul after, when he takes out Sepp, um, then that's just a second yellow for me. No matter 100%. where the ball's going, that's a second yellow card, in my opinion. Ref bottled that second decision yesterday. I tend to agree. George? I'm not sure what George's opinion is. At the time, I thought yellow, having watched it back and heard both Neil Harris and Alex Neil probably say a red card, to be honest. Um, off the ground, on that planted foot. Terrible challenge, to be honest. Fair enough. That's modern day. <laughs> I, I, excessive, I, didn't, excessive I didn't think force. it was a red, personally. But... I thought it ticked every box. I mean, well, it might be a red was... card in the modern day game, but you know the, the football that I prefer to sort of remember and enjoy that that's just a yellow card get on with game agree to disagree on that note we'll uh, we'll we'll wish Barky all the best in his recovery whatever the injury happens to be I think he's having a scan today or tomorrow I think I read um, and there's no break thankfully but yeah on, on that I think we'll go for a break boys and I will see you with a few listener questions in part two sound Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. We'll look ahead to another Lancashire derby on Saturday, but before that, we've got a few listener questions to answer, so enjoy. Boys, we'll we'll start with one from uh, 
from the boss man from Luke, um, and he's he's sent a question in that reads: "We're not in unreasonable form, and we're closer to the playoffs than relegation. So why does the sentiment and feeling not match that?" Good question, Luke. Should be doing my job. I think it's a hard one to describe. I think as a supporter, you just either have that feeling that you're going somewhere as a club and in the right direction, or you don't. And it seems the vast majority in recent weeks and probably still haven't had that. Um, might be boiled down to different things. I think a lot of it will be a lack of belief in the manager, um, frustration at off the field things and people uh, working at the club. Obviously, fans are away from games for a long time. Um, left a team in the top six, they've come back and uh, it's very different to then. So I don't think it's a particularly strange feeling for fans to have. I think it's remarkable that we are 14th. And I think Adam's just said five or six points off the top six. Uh, you know, If you're looking from the outside, you're probably thinking what are they all moaning about. But um, it's not. I think when all different types of fans have the same feeling, that's when it's probably the right one where you've got young, younger fans and then fans who've been there for a long time. It's not really a, a strange feeling when you see it being shared by so many people. But I think next weekend's game is a massive one. Um, you know, I've lost a derby already this season. It was horrible. Uh, if North End can go to Blackburn, it won't right the wrong of what happened at Blackpool. But uh, you don't want to lose two derbies before Christmas. You really don't. Yeah, I think also, you look at recent displays on the pitch as well, with what's going on off the field, rightly or wrongly, the criticism that comes with that. You know, we've gone to Nottingham and been spanked. We, you know, last week against Cardiff was about as bad as it gets in the second half. Um, we're dreadful for the majority of Middlesbrough, despite winning the game. Um, and then yesterday... Stoke as well, perhaps, keeper keeps us in it. Well, yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, you could pluck out lots of games this season, but just more recently. Yesterday, maybe the wheels started to turn back towards. All right, look, it's it's on the whole pretty dreadful to watch. But if you can keep tuning out results, and you don't really have a leg to stand on, do you? Um, so, yeah, I think there is a lot. Well, of course, there's a, a level of of um, apathy because. Like George said, we were uh, in the playoffs recently and all of a sudden you go into lockdown and you come back and we're in a, we're in a bit of strife playing pretty turgy stuff on the field. You mix that with the cocktail, the off-field stuff and it's not really a nice place to be, ultimately. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, the big occasions are a big one. You know, we've lost at Bloomfield Road. There was that Forest game, 2,000 fans going there. So, so excited. Um putting that performance uh, opening day of the season which I think has been sort of forgotten now because I think the Blackpool one just sort of beat everything in that regard in terms of you know frustration and anger uh, getting battered on the opening day wasn't the best start and there's the derby game you know a lot of fans inside Deepdale the chance to make an impression and North End flattered to deceive in that one so another big occasion next weekend and you know, it's all good talking about you know, not turned up on the big occasion. You, you need to eventually, otherwise it's it's not going to fix it. And they're big occasions as well that, you know, fixtures get released and they're the ones fans look for straight away. And yeah. rightly or wrongly, 
build the games up in their heads uh, and on social media and whatnot. So I can understand frustration. And like you said, George, you know, next week we'll come on to it in a bit, but it's it's massive. Yeah, I think as well, the league is extremely poor and I don't think we've got a bad starting eleven at all. I don't think it should be, you know, 14th, where oh, no, I think we're a bit lower than that now. 16th is probably as lowest as this team should be should be when you look at the teams in the top seven or eight I think if if this group was really firing and, and being coached as well as they could uh, granted there's been a few injuries but look at it look at it from front to back you know, I'm not going to go through every player because we know who we've got but good goalkeeper really talented young lad at the back on loan from Liverpool Patrick Bauer back fit a midfield that most managers in this league would love to have um, and a striker nearing on 10 league goals already. So to be in the bottom half isn't good enough. Uh, so, yeah, need to improve on that. Yeah. Um, next question, then. This one's from Christy Holt. and He asks, do you think after yesterday's second half display, Frankie will now be more adventurous in the coming weeks? Maybe start playing on the front foot and being a bit more proactive? Or do you think we will go back into our usual set, usual shape, sitting back and trying to counter teams? I don't think he'll change much. He had he had an opportunity yesterday when um, he went down injured. Uh, Barky, obviously. Barky. Um, uh, he had a really good opportunity yesterday to go to a back four. He could have uh, he could have brought on Sinclair to play on the right, um, and he could have just moved over step and gone with you know back four. Uh, but he didn't. He stuck to his guns. We one 0 down at the time. Uh, I must admit, I was incredibly frustrated by it but ultimately it worked and now he's stuck to his guns like that and it's worked for him there's there's no chance he changes from there no I think you can play this formation and be good to watch I think we did it at times last season and we've done it at times this season but I think the wing back wing backs are massive I think Earl's been poorer recently or started well when he came into the team he's really frustrating Earl isn't he because you know oh, you look at him I remember Alex Neil saying he's got all the traits Run at your run at your man, and I was looking at the pitch sometimes yesterday, and the amount of space yeah. ahead of him, and you're like, it, you know, go, it, go and have a go. It's testament to him that he finds himself in these progressive areas of the pitch, but how often he runs at his man, I I can't remember it this season. He tends to come inside and look look to pass. We should back himself more. We should run at his man, skin him, have a dip. If you lose the ball there, no real problem. Have a especially, goal. When, especially when you're playing a back five. If he loses the ball yeah. there, you've, you've, still you've got Hughes next to you who's going to mop up whatever. He can cross a ball. You know, if you're a wing back, an attacking wing back, you need to be bringing assists and, or creating chances. You can't, otherwise, you are literally playing with five defenders, especially when Vandenberg's wing back who's a centre half. And there's so much onus on, you know, on Reese and, and players up top when your wing backs are pretty much bringing nothing to the table. And you look at Earl. He should be. It should be tailor made for in that position, not to be too harsh because I think he's had a decent season so far. But I think Forrest was the first poor performance and um, not the best yesterday. But certainly someone to stick by and um, keep believing in. But just frustrating because you look at him and he's he should he should be so perfect for that position. Yeah, he's uh, he's out of contract as well in the summer, isn't he? I think he might. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you're right. Would you? Is he someone you'd look to tie down? 
bit bit longer. Yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Yeah. Or is it twenty twenty three? I'll have to check that. It might be twenty twenty three. Yeah, you could be right there. To be fair, if you're right, then hundred percent time down. Well, I think either way, this summer or next, I think he's someone that she should look to tie down for at least a couple more years because he's still he's what twenty two, twenty three. So he's still got a lot of time on his side, and you know, if, yeah. he, can, if he can start performing in that left wing back position and um start taking the game to opposition fullbacks and defenders, then, you know, he, he could be a massive asset for us. Yeah, if we went to a back four, I'd have concerns um, there. But still young, like you say. Still got improving to do. Seems like he's quite a mature lad as well, so he'll know what he needs to do. Yeah. So do you think Frankie will, uh, will keep things the same then? Do you think he'll stick rather than twist? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All of Sunday's return might give him an option of going to a back four. Um, but obviously, he's not made the 18 yet and we're still waiting for him to play. So, Strange talking, about, that, that he's, talking he's... about this player that we've never you know, we've never seen him. So, it's yeah. quite hard to to comment on what he'll bring to the table, um, <laughs> to be honest. What what do you make of it? You know, he seem, seems to be fit now and ready to go. He's played in a couple of resi games and last two games, he's not even been in the 18. Hmm. Well, you trust you trust the management and the physios and whatnot, but just get him in. Just, it's been so long. It was said two weeks in July. It's now nearly Christmas. Uh, <laughs> so this yeah. was an exciting signing as well. You know, big perceived as a important signing because we needed mm. a right back, and he's not kicked a ball yet. So hopefully, we can get him on the pitch and he can show everyone what he can do. Yeah. Last question then. This one's from Matthew Holden, who asks. Why do you think we have got favourable results against the top three in the league with the th- with three good performances and on the other hand struggled to put any kind of performance in against teams around and below us in the league? I think I mentioned it earlier. You know, it's no secret really that North End are uh, a better team without the ball. Uh, and obviously when better teams come, they tend to have the ball. Um, so, uh, especially the current manager or head coach, you know, he's he's much more at home when, when his back's up against the wall, when he can set his team up to be hard to break down and then uh, try and feed off scraps when you get the ball, try and break, etc. Uh, and then you've got a striker up front who, more often than not, will will uh, will put the ball uh, in the back of the net. Um, yeah, I just think it's a case of McAvoy <clears throat> will find it easier to find a formula against the teams where uh, he doesn't have to worry about creating chances and carving open the opposition more than, uh, you know, making us and himself sort of more rigid and and harder to break down ultimately. And that's why we get results in my view. Yeah, we've always embraced that underdog tag as well. We've, we've always done it. I can rarely think of us in since we've come up of maybe Brentford an exception and Newcastle once but when we do play these big teams we tend to give a good account of ourselves and pick up results Not all, we don't always win but we've, we've drawn quite a fair few you know, I remember Wolves um, coming here they were flying and we gave them a right good game and when the expectation is on us um, and teams are happy to sit in you know we do come a bit un, unstuck I saw it countless times last season um, losing 1-0 and things and when you're playing a back five and DJ maybe isn't in the team. You know, if you look at it on an individual basis, is who are you looking at to carve a 
stubborn backside in the championship opening. It's pretty hard. I looked at the results yesterday across the division. Nine games, three draws. The six wins are all by a goal. It's, the games are so tight. Um, and you just need that extra bit of quality, which, you know, for a club like us, is sometimes hard to find. And it's worth noting as well that we found it hard under Neil when we had uh, Galley and Johnson all playing in midfield. Uh, and they're, they're two of the most creative players uh, in the league on the day. So it's not it's not a new thing. You know, we're just better when we can when we can counter, essentially. Yeah. West Brom were extremely poor against us. Fulham were poor. And not to take anything away from us before our performance, but I don't think there's any team in this league to be proper scared of because West Brom, really, I know they're in the top six, but that squad should be doing so much better. And they've played some of the worst football I've ever seen when they came here. Yeah, um, they were garbage, weren't they? Yeah, we were excellent at Bournemouth. Really, really good. And Fulham yesterday were, weren't great either and we sort of outfought them and won the battle. So yeah, I'm not, if you look at the games on an individual basis, two good teams weren't, weren't great and we put in a really good performance at Bournemouth. Uh, another midweek night game, we always we tend to turn up on those those type of nights. So, yeah. Well, McAvoy is the midweek manager of the, of the, of the season, essentially, isn't he? <laughs> he, was, he was the midweek manager of last week, I'm not sure. You love your uh, alliteration with M's, don't you? <laughs> um, yeah, boys, we'll talk about the second uh, Lancashire derby of the season uh, away at Rovers next Saturday. They're, you know what? Credit to him. Mowbray's got them fourth in the league and they're, they're flying at the minute. They've only two defeats in the last eight. They're averaging 2.3 goals a game at home and we're averaging less than one goal a game away from home. So... Yeah, reading Here's that, that Jake. Yeah, brilliant. The fear of God into me already. Uh, I've got a confession. <laughs> to make. I've got a confession to make, and you know I'm not proud of this, but uh, but long before the fixtures came out, I booked on a horse racing weekend in London for this weekend, so I'm missing this. Unbelievable. Oh, sorry. Can't quite believe it. Uh, but yeah, it's that's just end. not acceptable, is it? No, I know it's not, George. I know it's not. <laughs> I've, who, who's going to run on the pitch? <laughs> uh, I've not really been sleeping since August, to be honest. No. I'm thinking about this day. But uh, there's been times recently where I've, where I've been sort of glad that I've, I've had something else on to to sort of um, stop me from experiencing that, losing there. But, um, you know, yesterday there's reason to be op- optimistic of going there. And... Um, and getting a decent result again, I think we'll be set up in a way which which McAvoy enjoys and thrives upon. You know, the back five invite them to come on towards and try and try and do them. Yeah, I've not seen much of Blackburn this season, but it's hard not to be impressed. Really, isn't it? they've lost they lost Dak and Armstrong stepped up. They lost Armstrong and Raritan has somehow turned into this world beater and I've seen him link with Sevilla this morning which is just incredible really if you think about that um, so yeah I think they'll, they'll, they're fourth in the league um, they're going to give us a tough game I think it'll be a big test of sort of a big mental test we've tended to have the upper hand in these games um, to their sort of advantage a lot of their players now won't maybe not have played in this fixture in front of fans so they might not feel it the same way. Um, 
So yeah, like I said, another big occasion. A lot of expectation going into it, a lot of stuff riding on it. And we need to turn up uh, for once, which has been a real issue this year. Do you think there's maybe more expectation on it because of what happened in Blackpool? Yeah, I think, uh, not to be too negative again, but a defeat there and a, that type of performance we saw at Forest, you, the feeling's going to be really bad if that happens. Um, so I think, would most people take a point if we played well? Probably. Um, but it's a derby, you want to go and win. Um, you don't really care how you win. Uh, it's a very tough one to call, I think. Obviously, we've got a few injury problems. Hopefully, Bauer, as, as good as Lindsay was, hopefully... Bauer is back. Doesn't look like Barky will be fit. So that gives Frankie a decision to make uh, what formation he goes with and who comes in. Uh, and the rest of the team should probably pick itself, uh, assuming Evans is, has done enough and is fit enough to start. What what would your yeah, think, what would your elevens be for the day? Should Shed actually has got 90 minutes in him. Because I'm not sure. Yesterday, yeah. obviously, uh, he came out like a screaming cat for 10 minutes whilst, whilst I was on the pitch and then sort of <laughs> looked to be blowing. So, if you, yeah, if sure. you, I think he's when he's playing this well, you sort of have to start him, but Maguire's not really a player you bring on to impact or change a game, and Evans is. So, I don't know if maybe coming on for 20 minutes and just being an absolute madman up front and giving him a horrible time is is his sort of role, but I think most people will expect Evans to start that, that game in a derby. He was brilliant at, at Rovers last season behind closed doors. and I don't think the Maguire could have any complaints if, if Frankie chooses to bring Ched in for that one. As, yeah. as good as, you know, Maguire gets so much stick, but the players have commented, commented on the role he brings to the team and what he offers. And Not great in the last couple, but Overall, this season, he's certainly not one you'd point the finger at. Agree. What are you? Uh, what are your predictions for Rovers then? Oh, one-one. Just, no, no. just, just been saying it's a game we need to win, and you both predicted draws. Well, uh, George mentioned that you know you'd probably take a point. I think if you offered you offered a point now to every Preston fan, they snap your hand off. No, um, no I agree. No, I nobody think... wants to lose there. We haven't experienced losing. <laughs> Recently, I think we'll win it one nil. Another another scoring grab. Um, that really is a change of heart from you, Jake. I know. Yeah, I think I've only predicted draws or defeats recently. Um, are, who's scoring? Did people think, fainting think... at Exton listening to this. Um, <laughs> <tomorrow>. <laughs> I think Chad will get his third third in three games. Honestly, um, when we were two one up last season. I don't know if you remember, but Evans scored. Well, it was disallowed, but he scored a horrific, like, it was proper ugly goal where it sort of hit him and went in. And the players went absolutely mad, and it obviously was reeled out, but just gave me a sort of inset, like, sneak as to what what it could be like if we go there and just nick a, a 1 0 and someone like that scores. Um, you, know, he's, he's, you can't watch him and, and not like him as a footballer because. He just—he's a bit like Garner, isn't he? He just—I I said that gives his absolute to my, my father-in-law. He's like our championship equivalent of Joey, isn't he? Yeah, he—he um, he just personifies the supporters' feelings towards like the club. He's just—he just comes across so like passionate. He just 
he, he just looks like he wants to affect every minute of every game, which is a joy to watch as a supporter. He looks like he'd, he'd happily die on the pitch, doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? This could be my last game. I'm going to absolutely run myself yeah, into the ground. Yeah, it, Which is it, rare to see from a footballer these days, isn't it? Yeah, he's old school, isn't he? Well, yeah. Even just speaking to him, um, you know, I think back to like the Chris Brown, John Parkin days and even before that, can't imagine most of our players even in that team or dressing room because football's changed so much. But Evans is like a throwback. He's, you know, his values and the demands he puts on players and his sort of standards, I think, of he'll be a great player in that um, dressing room to have. Uh, is that, demanding is that more that out of people? A, you can afford not to start on a derby game, do you think? Well, Frankie didn't start Ledson at Blackpool. Um, obviously, Evans was out. I think you need at least one person like that on the pitch. Um, obviously, Alan Brown is is one of them. Um, but there wasn't enough of it at Blackburn. You know, looking at players and thinking he, he wants he would die for three points here. And I think if you've not got Ledson, you do lose a bit of that. Sorry, you just reminded me of that, that famous Neil Warnock quote: "You got to fucking die for three points." <laughs> You can actually imagine McAvoy, can't you, uh, in the dressing room, like, by all means, lads, enjoy it. But enjoy it by being fucking disciplined, dear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no context, Neil Warnock is one of the best Twitter accounts going. Quality, quality. I saw supporters want, wanted him in. Yeah. Uh, it tickled me, to be honest. Uh, come on now, it'd be an absolute laughing stock job, wouldn't it? Well, it certainly Neil. would bring some comedy, wouldn't it? I've got a lot of respect yeah. for Neil Warnock and the job he's done at, at clubs, but why on earth would you want to bring him in now? Come on. I'm surprised he's not mm-hmm. actually retired, to be fair. He's, he's like 70, isn't he? Well, he just clearly loves football, doesn't he? Yeah. He does. He does. He does going into work every day. Every yeah. To win. Yeah, boys, I think unless you've got anything else you want to add, then uh, we can we can wrap that wrap that up there. Yeah. Just don't lose, lads. Any yeah. play Enjoy the racing, Adam. Yeah, I'll be honest, if North End win, I'll feel a little bit sick, but obviously be jubilant all the same. Um, you know, and if they lose, then, well, I'll be hitting the bottle, that's for sure. I think you'll be hitting the bottle anyway, won't you? That's also for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been a better week on the pitch, certainly, for, for the club. And, yeah, it's it's a big Saturday ahead. And, George, I suspect you and I will be there with hangovers to boot. Oh yeah, got the uh, works do on Friday night. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Breakfast on Saturday morning. Is that a tradition? We're not going to keep up after the Blackpool game. Yeah, to be fair, I might have mental breakdown if I sit at the cow shed on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, boys, cheers! Thank you very much for your time, and thank you, listener, for listening to episode seventeen of the From the Finney podcast. If you're listening on an Apple device, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and. As I say, usually at the start, but didn't today. If you would like to support From the Finney, then head over to supported.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. And any donations that are received are greatly appreciated. So, yeah, cheers. Thank you very much. <laughs>